All right. Welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into another episode. Uh, I always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And this is for sure a special episode. Um, I know I say that they're all special in their own uh, different ways and, and different reasons, but this one is particularly special to me. Um, I've been doing the podcast for for a couple years now. I have I've had everything from uh, referees to ex pros to uh, some guys that have never even played hockey before and everything in between. But every once in a while, uh, I get somebody on that was kind of a uh, an idol of mine or somebody that I looked up to uh, when I was a young kid. And uh, you know, sometimes that doesn't mean that they played professional hockey, but in this instance, uh, it is because uh, I have on the show today. Um, and I'm speaking about this as a Tulsa resident and as somebody um, that was a, a part of the Tulsa community. Um, but I have on the show today uh, a huge hero uh, in the Tulsa uh, hockey world. And we will get into some other things because he's obviously lived elsewhere. But I'd like to welcome on the show today, uh, number 17 in my heart, Luke Beausoleil. Luke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I don't think you have any idea uh, how much this means to me that uh, you're willing to come on the show. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, you're more than welcome, but it's my pleasure. Yeah. Well, hey, um, so Luke, uh, I, I want to get into, uh, you know, kind of your whole story. I know that we're kind of, uh, uh, we have kind of a, a t time frame that we have to stick to. And I want to make sure that I, I get to ask all the questions I wanted to ask. Um, it's one of those situations where it's like, you're finally here and I get to talk to you. So uh, let's go ahead. But you have to start to show up just like everybody else. And you have to talk about when you first got uh, interested in hockey. This might not have been the first time that you stepped on, out, out on the ice, but can you kind of talk about uh, where you were living at the time and how did you get introduced into the sport? Was it uh, a family member? Was it, um, uh, how did that work? Yeah, well, for me, it's pretty simple. Uh, growing up back in Montreal, uh, I have four big brothers and they all played hockey. So I grew up with skates on my feet right away. So it was easy mm -hmm. for me to start go, go at it and and learn how to skate right away with my brothers. Yeah. So did, did you say you were the youngest? Are you the youngest out of your brothers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have one little sister, but uh, we're five boys. Yeah. And I am the youngest one in the boys. Well, so because this has actually come up on the podcast quite a few times, and, and I think that there's something to this, but there's something about the, the older brothers bringing their younger brother along with them all the time to where you eventually start kind of playing hockey against kids that are, I don't know, your oldest brother's age at a certain point. But um, did you did you kind of see did you kind of see that they were just like, nope, Luke, you're playing hockey with us. Uh, you're, you're coming with us. Like, come on there. If we got to take care of you, we're going to take care of you, but we're going to do it out on the ice and uh, yeah. we're going to be all, all skating together. Uh, and then also a question too, did, do you think that ended up helping you become a better hockey player? Oh, absolutely, for sure. But there was only one way to begin with. When I started playing my brothers, it was pretty simple. If you're crying, you ain't going to play again. <laughs> so it's going to be a little rough, going to be a little tough. But yeah. if you can't handle it, go home and ride away. Oh, so yeah. there was no no way, you know, I want to play my brothers. You know, we uh, grew up in the outside of Montreal. And they put in the baseball park. The city put the uh, the board and, and, and the glass and the O's every night. So we have a little rink. So the oldest one always basically owned the rink. So if I wanted to play with my brother, I had to play the way they wanted to play. So, mm -hmm. and, and obviously it got me better and quick and uh, it helped me to, to my kid, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, well, at a certain point though, you're not playing with your brothers, at least, uh, not uh during the your your regular season here but uh 
at, at what point do you kind of start getting uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, competitive in the way that you know that hey uh, i'm kind of good at this and and i want to see where this can can kind of take me yeah do you I remember was, what age you were and, and yeah i was that? pretty young um i was pretty young um mm-hmm. i believe if i remember correctly i was about um eight years old when i started playing uh travel mm-hmm. and from that point on that's that was it you know i play uh Back then, back, back then we didn't have triple A. We had only double uh, A, and I played double A all my life. And uh, mm-hmm. next thing you know, I got drafted in junior hockey, and and uh, that was it. You know, from that point on, my career took off. Well, because I I only kind of know you. You know, obviously, I know a lot about your professional career. Um, but when you were, and and I'm I'm not trying to set this up where you're. You might pump your own tires here, but I mean, did everybody kind of know when you were a younger kid, like, hey, man, this guy, because uh, you're obviously a, a, a exceptional uh, hockey player, uh, you know, in your professional career. But was that from like an early age? Did they kind of know that, that you were going to be kind of uh, something special? Yeah. I, and, I, you know, it's not something that we like to talk too much. About. I know. I know. I know. But yes, you know, it really early I, I was. uh don't want to say the best player because you're never the best. There's always right. somebody who's better and better than you. But I was one of the top players on my team everywhere I went. Um, even in my early career, in my junior hockey, when I got drafted, I believe it was an 84. And I hate to say that, give you my age, right? <laughs> you, you, look um, great. you look great. Right. Thank you. Um, I started my junior with 16, going 17. And right away, I, I knew then as well I was going to be uh, a good junior hockey player. Mm-hmm. And so was my teammates. It was my, your organization. And yeah, I like to say it started really early. Yeah. Well, Hey, well, that, that's, that's really cool. Um, cause to kind of give you a background, uh, into this Luke, there's a lot of, uh, hockey parents, uh, as well as hockey fans will listen to this, but a lot of hockey parents listen to this podcast. And sometimes, um, it's good for them to kind of understand, um, you know, kind of the process of, of, you know, if, if their kids are serious about playing kind of what that looks like and you know sometimes you, you have a kid that's young and really good and he stays really good kind of like you did sometimes they start off really good and you yeah. know kind of lose interest wherever but there's just a bunch of different paths so i always kind of like to talk oh, about sure. you know the, sure. the different the different paths that uh, that people take but uh, obviously you were uh, you were an exceptional player um you, your your time in juniors though um where was that and uh, can you kind of talk about uh, your transition into that and whether or not you were ready. Um, I've had a lot of really good hockey players on the podcast. Um, some of them have said that, you know, that, that, uh, that transition into junior hockey was a bit much for them at the time. And and some of them were ready. Some of them, you know, weren't, but can you kind of talk about your transition, uh, you know, from, from where you were into, into junior, into junior hockey? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I believe for me, it was pretty easy. And, uh, the reason behind it, again, it's going back to, how I grew up with my brothers and, uh, the fact that I play pretty much all my youth against older players, uh, coming in the 16, 17 years old mm-hmm. in the queue, uh, playing against 18, 19 and 20 years old. It didn't bother me. You know, yeah. the fact that I play every day we play on the street at the park. Um, and back then, and I, you know, it was a French against the English and there's, oh, yeah. was, you know, scrump a little bit left and right. So, so I had to grow up with my brother like that. So going to my junior career, um, it make it a lot easier for me to adjust, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have to ask this real quick, but, um, 
out of your brothers, um, did they kind of take a similar path? And if they did, were they able to kind of help you um, based on some of the decisions that they made or um, yeah, did no, they, I, they not play as long as you? Or I, no, I, they, I'm the only one who uh, was able to make it. Oh, okay. So, but, so yeah, I'm assuming but, I got a little bit of each of them and make myself <laughs> a little bit of, you know, a hockey player. Oh yeah, no, hey, but I, I think that's perfect. And the thing is, is I'm sure that they were super proud uh, of, of you and, and 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 the way that uh, they brought you up. And I'm sure they might remind you of that every once in a while. Uh, you know, <laughs> if I had to, if I had to take a guess. But uh, uh, either way, uh, where where were you playing? I'm sorry, um, uh, your your junior hockey. Where were you? Yeah, so I got uh, I got drafted um, by the uh, Les Voisins de Laval, which was in the Quebec uh, Major League. Uh, that's where. The year I came in, it's the year that Mario Lemieux got drafted by the Ping uh, Pittsburgh Penguin, mm -hmm. and he did the camp with us. That was the team that he played for. And you know, you talk about good hockey player, boy, it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you got to see that in person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chase him around the ice more than anything else. But but and I do have to ask this question because I you know I don't think I'll be able to talk to a whole lot of people that have uh, you know played with or or against him. But what was it obvious that that he was something you know special? I mean, uh, even from that age, it was just. Listen, through my career, I played with a lot of good players. Um, I got very lucky to play with like a guy like Dougie Lawrence and Craig mm -hmm. Cox and and Slyno and all these guys that I played in Tulsa that were really special. But Mario Lemieux is oof, unbelievable. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about one of the best players in the world. So um very, very gifted. It was amazing. Yeah, no, well that that's that's really cool. But uh well e either way, um I want to kind of get uh uh towards the latter end of your junior career and kind of that transition after that uh in, in into into pro. I'm assuming that your your junior career uh goes well. Um what is it kind of like when you're kind of anticipating uh that next step? Because you know, obviously. Uh, you're playing well, um, you know, you, you you kind of at this point, I'm assuming you know that you're going to play pro, um, but there's still questions about where that is or or how that happens. But can you kind of talk about uh, that transition from going from uh, yeah. from juniors uh, into the pro? Yeah, for me, it was pretty simple. Uh, my last year in the queue, I was 19 years old. I was third in the league in points. Uh, I scored 65, 67 goals, something like that, 100. 50 something point. Uh, and I knew back then that I was about 145 pounds. There was no way for me to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I had an agent, um, that helped me out to, uh, move to Europe overseas. And that's how my career started. I played, uh, I played in England, uh, Scotland for three years. Then I played in France for a couple of years. And actually I played uh, when I was in, um, in Edinburgh, we play against Petersboro, and uh, Gary Unger was a uh, player coach over there. That's how we uh, <laughs> somehow we yeah. met for the first time. But uh, so you'd so met before like, you'd met before. Sorry to interrupt, but you had met before you came to Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Vegas, we'll, we'll, Vegas, we'll get into so. we'll get into that story. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, continue. So, Sorry. so I um, so I was my path was obviously going to uh, oversee play play a few years and next thing you know i played with tony martino uh in france mm -hmm. uh that was my sec my first year in france and uh that's when tony signed with uh with the tulsa orders mm -hmm. and he became a good friend of mine and he reached out to me i was my second year now at the time in france 
And uh, I said, dude, why don't you come play with us in Tulsa? It's a great place. Uh, it's packed house. The city's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And by I like to, if I remember correctly, it was early January is when I made a commitment to uh, to come and play with uh, with the orders. And so I flew it, flew back in the U.S. and and actually Tony picked me up at the airport, and it, it, it was the beginning of the Tulsa orders for me. So and I'm yeah. so happy that I did that. Well, and it, it was and it was an awesome time. And and I want to get to one thing because I'm really, really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really super eager to get into the Tulsa Oilers aspect of it. Uh, but I did want to talk about one thing before we get into that. Um, when you said you made that transition to go play over in Europe, because you, you know you you were a, you were a smaller guy. Um, I mean, still obviously great, great hockey player, but smaller guy. Um, did you feel like that really kind of uh, allowed you? Um, maybe a little bit more time and space to to be the player that you would end up kind of being, you know, once you oh, absolutely. Because it, it, sure. it, 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 that that because it's that hockey is is a is, is a bit different, and for high skilled guys and goal scorers, you know, that's that's I mean the place to be. You know, it, I, I just it seems like that probably gave you a little bit of extra time to just get even better, which would make sense why you were so good once you got to Tulsa. Right. You know, I, I, and I believe it is, uh, when I was 19, when that 20, when I left, uh, like I said, I was really small. I was not into my body yet. Not that mm-hmm. I was never a big guy, but, uh, five years later, I'm now 25 years old coming down and playing Tulsa. I'm a little stronger. Uh, you know, you play guys at 246, four. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was in Tulsa, I was about 160 mm-hmm. soaking wet, you know, so. Yeah, uh, but at least at that time, I grew to my body. I was a little stronger, physically stronger, to be able to compete for the puck all the time. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it did help me tremendously for sure. Well, yeah, and I mean the other thing too, you know, the CHL back in those days. I mean, that's a physical league to be a yeah, part of. So it's a, it's almost like you're going from the European league where you get a little yeah. time and space, and now all of a sudden it's like. Man, you, you like you have to be strong on the puck because these are you know monsters. There's monsters yeah, there's out there. Films. There's you know? films for and and sure. and and especially, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but especially when it when it's that type of league, and I'm I'm sure that you had a little bit of protection. But how how did that work as far as knowing that you're going to get keyed on as far as from you know the the, the defensemen to you know, and I'm I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't just try and run you because they know that that would cause you know a hole. Uh, thing, but like, how did that work once you played for the Oilers? Because it was such a physical league. There were, you know, just just the craziness going on. But you're still putting pucks in the net. How how do how does that kind of work? Is that your your teammates having your back, or is that an understanding of like, hey, like I'm not the guy to to run because it's not going to go well uh, after right. that? Can you kind of talk about that? Well, um, starting my first year coming back from Europe, uh, it was tough. Yeah, you know, obviously you got to prove yourself a little bit. You got to make yourself a, a name into the league. Um, that year I played only 16 games and the playoff came in and and that's when we won the championship in 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following year is when I really started to bloom into the league. If you want to, mm-hmm. uh, I, that year I scored 60 goals in 64 games, but I had, Tom Corrales, Dougie Lawrence, Craig Cox, Mike McWilliams, mm. uh, Al Murphy. I mean, name it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were a heavy team. Uh, we were a really, really tough team. 
And, and that helped me, of course it did. There's no doubt about it, that that helped me to create more space on the ice and have more room to do was I, what I was able to do uh, mm -hmm. with all the help of all the guys. But uh, yeah, back in, in, in that year, Tulsa Oilers were heavy. We had some mm -hmm. heavy weight. Uh, we had some really, really good hockey players with big size. So uh, yeah, it tremendously for sure. Well, it's kind of one of those things too, when they talk about, uh, you know, cause, cause obviously you played with uh, Craig Cox, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it, it's just one of those things that a lot of people, um, when they first think of Craig Cox, they're like, oh, tough guy, like whatever. It's like, well, very, very good hockey player. Great oh. hands. Great. I mean, so you're playing with a monster like that, but he's a great hockey player. You yeah, know, he that's was really good. I felt like that's what Tulsa was kind of, you know, you had just a bunch of tough guys that were just really good at hockey. And it's right. like, well, how, how are you going to beat a team like this? But I'm assuming that, uh, that had something to do with with the coach and and uh, Buck has been on the show before. Uh, he came early on, actually. I it, it, I didn't even have to bother him at all. He was just like, "Oh, sure, Adam." Oh, uh, he loved that stuff, uh, right? Oh, uh, he he. And the thing is, he could have gone for hours. At like uh, at that point, I was I had kind of like a, a kind of a strict like, "Okay, we're only going to go for an hour." He got close to two. I felt bad for cutting him off, but he just has so much knowledge oh, and just and he he's just. I, I just got lost in him talking about all of these, but I did ask him about, you know, the, the teams, uh, obviously with you guys and right. he, he, you guys all kind of echo and Sly's been on the show before as well, but you guys all echo the same thing and just about how that team was so close and how, you know, it was kind of put together by, you know, uh, Gary in a way where he's like, right. Hey boys, like, let's go and let's, let's do this. Cause I right. know that if you come here and, and we can, we can do this. Right. Well, you know, it started on top, right? So mm -hmm. when you look on top, you know, Jeff Lund was the owner of the, the mm -hmm. team. Yep. And uh, he brought Gary as a head coach and Gary put his team together. And I remember coming in and Jerry, I felt amazing right away into the locker room. Everybody was so nice. You felt it was a team, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. there was no, uh, there was no lie. It was always a, well, we, can do this. We will do this. It was never I or it was always about the team. Yeah. And that's the reason why we won the championship. I believe it was, uh, the team, you know, we, we stuck together. We, we, uh, we had a plan. We, we stuck to the plan. We follow the plan and, uh, and don't get me wrong. We had a lot of skills, yep. but the skill doesn't work just as a skill. You got to put it all together. Uh huh. And Buck was the guy that put it all together for all of us. So yeah, and it, the, what a season it was. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, because it takes more than just having a bunch of really good hockey players, you got to, you know, find a way for, for everybody to work together. But, uh, I, but I, I, I want to say, and you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but when I had Sly on, he was kind of talking about, and I, I think that this part is cool, but he was kind of talking about that there was a point where, you know, it was like Tony and you and Sly and Tom. And it was one of those things where, you know, it's like, Hey, like, are we going to do this? And it's one of those, maybe if, if, if only one of you comes, maybe it's like, ah, no, no, but it was almost just like, Hey, like, let's do this. I know that, you know, my buddy is good. I know he's, if, if yes. we can get, if we can get us guys here, like, because, you know, how much easier does that make that transition for you? Right. Not just, be, not just because they're French speaking players, but you know that they are great hockey players. And if you can arrive at a team, uh, at a country that you haven't spent a, you know, a whole lot of time in before, right. it just, it seems like that transition's easier. Yeah, I, I can, I can bet you none of us knew exactly where it was Tulsa, Oklahoma to begin with. 
Well, yeah. Well, there was a little bit of trust between friends, right? Well, the, so yeah, the, the, when yeah. Tony Marquino called me, he said, dude, why don't you make a trip? Tulsa is amazing. Said, Where's Tulsa? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, man, that was the best time. The best thing I ever done in my career, it was to move to Tulsa. Well, there's the, there's the old story. I believe, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, Gary was uh, saying the same thing to Sly. I think it was, and he was like, Hey, it's, it's easy out here. You know, I'm I'm looking at palm trees. It's something about palm trees. Uh, he, he got Sly in with the palm trees and Sly thought there was going to be palm <laughs> trees in, in Oklahoma, but, uh, I guess right. there was a little, little bit of, but at that point, I think Sly, uh, uh, knew that the writing was on the wall and that this was the place right. to be, but, uh, you know, every once in a while you got to try and uh, tell people there's palm trees and get them to get them to come skate for you. But, uh, well, okay. So I, I do want to get kind of into, cause I know that we're running uh, a little bit short on time. We got a kind of condensed episode here, but, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about your transition uh, out of pro hockey because I feel like you know I'm in the rink industry now and you may have made some decisions that uh, uh, took you to a similar spot but um, can can you kind of talk about your transition uh, out of out of the game and, and kind of what that looked like very lucky again very very lucky um, a friend of mine Luke Robitaille who everybody knows from the NHL yep. uh, owned about 12 rinks and uh, plenty in California. And when I retired, a buddy of mine was managing all that. His name mm-hmm. is Ron Filio. And he gave me a call saying, dude, if you want a job, I got a job for you in the ring business. So, so absolutely, that's what I want. So uh, I've been here for 21 years now. I worked for Isoplex for the last 21 years. Mm-hmm. I manage an ice rink. I, I take care of basically everything. Uh-huh. Um, everything regarding hockey goes through me. I coach, uh, I did, uh, 18 AAA for past 15 years, uh, playing the NAPHL, won the championship twice. Uh, I'm now going back with the little guy this year. I decided to, uh, mm-hmm. coach 2013 Burt years. Oh, it's going to be very interesting. All first year squirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to it. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Well, so, but here's the thing, here's the thing, Luke, and I, I've talked about this on the podcast before too. But I've almost said, and I know this will never happen, but I just, I feel like everybody, it doesn't matter if it's an NHL coach or whatever, I feel like they have to go through either the, the 8U or the 10U birth yeah. years before they do it. Because you need to know what it's like to have a player just be like, no, or like, you know, like I'm not, you know, and not saying obviously the kids that you're working with, um, you know, they're, they're already kind of a little bit uh, far in their hockey career, but um to give you kind of a background of what I'm doing right now, Luke, because I know we didn't talk about this before, but um, I'm uh, a manager at the one of the star centers down in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But uh, when I first got here, I ended up coaching, and I had coached before I got here, but ended up coaching the uh, eight U's. And okay. so, you know, yeah. so, so one of those where I, I come in, I'd never coached eight U's before, but I, you know, thought I'd do my normal thing where I do right. the whole coach. They weren't interested in that. They're oh, they're interesting. Is <laughs> they're they're like, nah, we don't. Yeah, okay, you don't. Yeah. This whole thing doesn't work with us. Like you know, and then you have you have to learn to like, oh, I have to get on your level. Uh, and even even though that Luke, I'm sure you already know this, but even though you're going to probably have a bunch of really good young hockey players, they're just at that age where you have to yeah. kind of get on their level a little bit and and relate to them. But it, it well, seems like you're you're up to the task. You're up to the yeah. Task. Well, that's one thing Gary told me uh, a long time ago. And I love Gary a lot. Uh, I, I used to be able, when I did the AAA, um, I seen Gary in the showcase a few places. 
And one thing he, uh, he told me, and I'm reminded for the rest of my coaching career is we as a coach need to adjust every players. It's mm -hmm. not the players need to adjust to us. Yes. Me as a coach, I got to be able to adjust every, every single one of them and being able to learn how to deal with every single kids because everyone is different. Mm -hmm. The race is different and their attitudes are different. It is my job to be able to realize that and, and, and adjust and be able to get them going the way I want it. So yeah, very interesting for sure. Well, it's, it's funny though, because as a coach, you need to be confident in what you're doing, which, you know, especially you, you've, I mean, not just a great hockey player, but have been around the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, sure, sure you're a great coach, but there's a certain point to where even though you know what you're doing, you have to figure out how to do it a different way. And I think coach coaching is very specific to that type of, but it's like, you can't go in, like you said, and do the same thing every year. I got caught up in that. So I'm, I'm coaching, uh, or I was coaching high school, uh, JV high school, the, uh, coaching high school hockey, the, the last couple of years, um, th the first year I did kind of what I normally did and it worked great. Got a great response. The second year, it just wasn't catching on. And I'm like, you know, it, it took me too long to realize, Hey, this isn't, it, I, I can, I can keep doing this over and over and over again, but if it's not what I need uh, out of those players, it's just not going to work for me, you know? So it's just, it is a great, and of, of course, Gary has great uh, uh, advice on, on these types of, of things. Of course, of course he does. Um, that, which doesn't uh, surprise me, but uh, it's good to know that, that you stayed with it. Uh, what, it, what is the team or the organization that you're coaching for? Uh, the Mariners, Venture Mariners. Ventura Mayor. Oh, there it is. Okay. Good, good, yeah. good. There we there we go. There we go. Um, well, um, from one rink industry person to another, Luke, um, I hope that we can uh run into each other at one of these conferences or yeah, go to sure. a NARS or or do any of those things because uh it'd be great to talk to you in person. But uh I know that you gotta get going. Um, but you only have one more thing, one more responsibility, uh, and then I'll let you go. And most of this is pretty uh it's an open format. We get to talk about whatever we want to, but here's where rules apply uh, and things get very strict here, Luke. Um, so this is the shout out. Uh, the shout out can be anything. Uh, it has to be positive. Um, you have to say it. Um, it has to be audible. Um, but you essentially have to say something positive. It can be about uh, friends or family. Uh, it could be a coaching mantra. Uh, it could be anything that you kind of want to leave. Um, I don't know, leave the people with. Uh, but it has to be positive. So there's rules to this. Are you prepared always for positive. the shout out? Always, always, always positive. Always. Of course, always. I would. I would expect nothing less, Luke. Always. So if I have to say something, listen. Uh, I know I said that before, but uh, very grateful about Tulsa. Tulsa mm -hmm. was my second home. The fans, the friends, the family that I have there. Uh, I can't thank them enough. It's been what a journey. I love it. I I, I miss a lot of people out there. I hope I can go and watch a game and salute everybody again one more time. But but I can't thank some of the people. They were outstanding and uh, make my wife and I very, very proud to be a Tulsa Oilers. Well, Luke, I, I can tell you this much. If you do show up at a, a Tulsa Oilers game now, um, you'll need to let everybody know because it's going to be a, a whole thing. And that would be cool to see. I don't live in Tulsa anymore either, but yeah, um, I, yeah. my, my family still lives there. and. Um, I know for a fact that you are still, you know, I mean, you're still yeah. very much uh, known in that area. And I think that anybody still in Tulsa that's listening to the podcast and be like, oh, Luke, what? Ah. Um, you're just you're still very much uh, a part of that city. 
uh, even though it's been a while since you've been there. So I really appreciate that. Luke. Yeah. Thank but uh, and then I have one more thing. So I have to do the shout out, too. Um, so if you'll just give me a minute, I'll do the shout out and then I'll let you go. Um, but it's, essentially, uh, my shout out is going to be for um, uh, the Tulsa Oilers. Um, so I don't know, Luke, if you've heard this recently, but um, they actually are buying space in uh, Promenade Mall uh, to create a practice facility for uh, for the team, for the ECHL team. And it seems like the uh, the current owner is uh, going to try and do some some really cool stuff that I think could benefit. Uh, the Tulsa hockey community, uh, as well as the Oilers themselves. Because, Luke, one of the things, and I don't know if you remember these camps that you guys used to put on oh, yeah. the summer, but oh, yeah. but we, but we, you guys would put those on, and you guys were like, I mean, you were rock stars to us. We couldn't, I mean, for me anyway, but then we got to know you guys, yeah. and you guys got to know us. And right. there's something really special about, like, that community. Um, and I've talked about this, but, you know, a, a whole bunch of times, but just uh, uh, you guys being so close to us and us knowing you guys yeah. um, just just made that community so much stronger. And I'd like to thank you for that. But I would like to thank, I think, the Tulsa Oilers that are trying to do something uh, like that again to where maybe it becomes maybe uh, a little bit closer and, and, and not so far away. But uh, that's my shout out. Um, Luke, awesome. is, there, is, is there anything that we missed uh, or, or are we good to go? Well, before you go, I'd like to say, you know, thank you for calling. And uh, make sure you say hi to your dad for me, please. Hey, no, I, I, I certainly will. I, I told him I was bothering you a lot. This oh, no, no, you're not at all. This, 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 yeah, this was, this was before uh, I yeah. came on. But uh, it's just one of those things, Luke, to where I'm at the point now to where I'm like, man, who would I just really like to talk to? And yeah, who, yeah. who would just, like, who, who are the people? So uh, you were definitely on that short list, but I just felt bad bothering you. Well, but thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad that I did. And I, I got to do my list real quick. Uh, you can find us on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. It's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, but those are the places that you can find us. Um, Luke, I'm hoping that we can get together during one of those rink industry events at some point. Love to. And, uh, and it was just, thank you so much for uh, talking to me. And you've made, uh, I don't know. I guess we're both a little bit older now, but I feel like a kid. I feel like a kid again, getting to uh, meet somebody that he's looked up to for a long time. So anyway, uh, Luke, I wish you all the best. Uh, Thank you so much. Oh, 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 over, over on the uh, west side, and uh, hopefully we can get together soon. 